At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. High, towering fly ball, deep right field. How far is that one going? It is a river bomb. The grandest of all grand slams for Matt Olson into the river in Pittsburgh. Come on. What's a 112 mile an hour grand slam into the river? That hardly counts. I mean, not nearly as impressive as O'Neill Cruz's 122 mile an hour single in a 14 nothing game. That's the stuff that matters here in Pirates Country. I am Tim Benz. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets with new same game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect Bet Rivers combination. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to the game with same-game parlays at BetRivers Online Sportsbook. Download the BetRivers Sportsbook app and make your baseball same-game parlays today. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21 gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yet the Pirates were 14-2 losers against Atlanta yesterday at PNC Park. O'Neill Cruz may only hit 200 this year, but he'll go down having the fastest exit velocity on a ball in the history of StatCast, that should win Rookie of the Year, right? I mean, that'll put him over the top. What's his swing velocity on balls that are down and away in the strike zone and out of the strike zone on sliders from lefties? That's the real stat that matters that's keeping him around the 200 mark. 
Oh, and hey, by the way, how about this number from Alex Stumpf at DK Pittsburgh Sports? The Pirates are the first team since the 1950-51 Browns, the St. Louis Browns, to lose at least five games by 12 runs or more in consecutive seasons. It's never good to be compared to the Browns in any sport. And that's where the Pirates are after that loss to the Atlanta Braves. Pirates are off today, and that's a good thing. But here's some gambling advice about them. Load up like crazy against the Pirates the next 15 days. The next five three-game series. Work with me on this. The Pirates are now losers of five in a row and 11-13 at 47-77. and 77. Their winning percentage is 379. Only the Nationals are worse than National League, and it's not going to get any easier. The three-game series the Pirates just concluded against Atlanta, a sweep for the Braves, it was the first of six series in a row against teams over 500 for the Pirates. Five of them are against clubs currently in a playoff spot. The Pirates won't face another team that's out of the playoff mix until they play the Reds on September the 12th, 16 games from now. The Braves are 78-48 and 48 after sweeping the Buccos at PNC, a game and a half behind New York for first place in the NL East. Up next, the Pirates are in Philly for three games. The Phillies are 69-55, and 55, second wild card spot, eight games behind Atlanta. They've won four of their last five. Then the Pirates fly out to Milwaukee. The Brewers are the only team in this stretch currently out of the playoffs. But at 68-58, and 58, they trail San Diego for the final wild card spot. Uh, by only a game. Actually, make that a game and a half. Then after leaving Wisconsin, the Pirates will host the Mets, who have the second-best record in the National League at 79-46. Toronto comes to town after that at 67-55. and That's good enough to be the second American League wildcard team. They've also scored 576 runs, the second most in the American League. I love the overs there when they come up against the Pirates pitching staff. Then the Cardinals visit the North Shore. They've won 9 of 11 games and currently sit atop the National League Central at 71-53. Let's see where Adam Wainwright is by the time the Cardinals get here. We all know what he does to the Buccos. That's usually easy money. So things should be great over the next three weeks for Derek Shelton and company. Bet against them as often as makes sense for your budget. And here's a fun bet for today while we're at it. A three-team ex-Bucco pitcher parlay. Three ex-Pirate pitchers are starting for their teams on Thursday. Jamison Tyon puts his 11-4 record on the mound for New York against Oakland. It's been a struggle for Tyon lately. He's posted just two wins since the end of June. Jordan Lyles pitches for the Orioles. He's 9-9 with a 4.61 ERA in Baltimore this year. He has just one loss his last six outings. He's facing Lance Lynn and the Chicago White Sox. Then there's Chris Archer. Remember him? 2-6, 4-0-6 ERA for the Twins. They're in Houston. Archer has just one win since June 13th. If you've been the Orioles, Yankees, and Twins with Lyles, Tyon, and Archer pitching, it comes back at plus 660. Or if you just want to bet on Lyles and Tyon individually, which might make more sense, Tyon and New York are minus 195. Lyles and the Orioles are at plus 104. Archer and the Twins, meanwhile, are at plus 150. Want some big payouts? The Reds are a plus 300 underdog to upset Aaron Nola and the Phillies. The Rockies are plus 350 to beat the Mets and DeGrom. It's plus 1,700 if you have the stones enough to place that bet. If you take both to cover the run line, 
it still pays out at plus 450. All right, let's get to some football now. ESPN's Bill Barnwell picked the Steelers as one of the five teams he thinks will regress in 2020 at ESPN.com. The others were the Falcons, Packers, Titans, and Raiders. Here's what Barnwell wrote. One of my favorite streaks in football is Mike Tomlin's 15-year run of avoiding losing seasons. The Steelers went 500 with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges as their primary quarterbacks in 2019. The team's reputation when it comes to drafting and developing talent requires no introduction. Tomlin is one of the best coaches in football. I take no joy in expecting the Steelers to break his streak in 2022, but this team has major questions on both sides of the ball. In other words, what he's saying is they are going to regress, and if they do regress, it's probably going to be more than a game and a half, which is what it would take for them to fall below nine wins and drop down to the first losing season in Tomlin's history. That's what I think will happen. And part of Barnwell's analysis is how fortunate the Steelers were to win or tie close games against non-playoff teams a year ago, like edging injury-riddled Baltimore with Tyler Huntley at quarterback, beating a banged-up Baker Mayfield, benefiting from Jarvis Landry's late fumble in Cleveland for a 15-10 win earlier this season, wins or ties against the likes of Detroit, Denver, Seattle, and Chicago. Uh, I think all those games, yeah, all four of them were at home on a razor's edge late. Some of those games going to overtime or late in the fourth quarter, last drive of the fourth quarter kind of results. Um, You know, late wins against the Ravens and Browns, two other non-playoff teams at home that were tight. I think Bardwell is right to point out those results, and I think the Steelers step back as well. They were a nine-win team last year. I'm expecting eight this year. Like, regression for the Packers and Titans... That doesn't mean much. They can both lose a few more games and still win their respective divisions. The Falcons stink. If they lose even more games than last year's 10, who cares? For the Steelers and Raiders, though, one extra loss could mean the difference between making the playoffs or missing them. For both franchises last year, quite memorably, that was certainly the case all the way up until overtime in the last game of the season between the Chargers and Raiders. The Steelers' win total at Bet Rivers, 7.5. It's even money on either side at minus 110. I've said go over. I think it'll be eight. It's close. If it's a season-long play, why not couch yourself and pay the money at minus 200 and go over six and a half if you want to root for the Steelers and have some money in your interest? I don't think that's ridiculous. Or if this is purely about gambling and making money, go for plus 160 and go under six and a half. I think that makes more sense from a logic standpoint, but if you're kind of just looking for some juice on your emotion for the whole season for the Steelers. Just go with the bigger price and go with the lower presumption of wins, and I think you might be in better shape. Now let's look at some of the other teams that Barnwell mentioned. Here's what his rationale was for knocking the Raiders back a peg. He says they did go 10-7 and a year ago, but they had the point differential of a 6.9 win team, so 7-win team basically. They are outscored by nearly four points a game, Season-long advanced metrics didn't think the Raiders were a good football team. They finished the regular season 21st in DVOA, ranking 4th within their own division. ESPN's Football Power Index pegged them as the 23rd best team in the league. Pro Football Reference had them 23rd in their simple rating system. They finished as the 13th best team in the AFC, at least according to that metric. Well, sure, but they won 10 games and made the playoffs as the top wild card. So I guess... 
A lot of other teams are flawed in the AFC too then. If the inference is that the Raiders were lucky to obtain the record that they did based on some fancy stat projection numbers, okay, so be it. But obviously that applies to the Titans and Steelers too. Two other teams on this list that made the playoffs as well and has become very chic to predict the Chiefs and Bengals will both step back from their regular season win totals. Now, I know the counter to that is the Chargers and Broncos are predicted to get better in that division. Now, frankly, I think the Raiders are going to be a game or two better this year. I'm not as sold on the Broncos. I'm not as sold on the Chargers. But if I'm wrong, are they really going to backslide the Raiders? Are they really going to backslide enough to miss the playoffs entirely? I don't think so. So I'm going over 8.5 on Vegas, minus 125. In terms of the Titans slipping, Barnwell says it's fair to wonder whether the Titans will be a more talented team. Derrick Henry already was struggling with efficiency under his enormous workload before the foot injury, and the team doesn't have much behind him on the depth chart. The organization traded a star receiver in A.J. Brown of the Eagles for cap purposes and used a first-round draft pick on Traylon Burks, who hasn't impressed in training camp. There are several first-rounders from years past missing from this roster, including Jack Conklin, Corey Davis, Rashawn Evans, and Isaiah Wilson. The offensive line, once a core of the team, is a work in progress. I get all that, but will the Titans really regress enough that it matters in the AFC South standings? I don't think so. They're still the better team in that crummy division, and I think they'll win it again. As I referenced earlier, these projections should be more worrisome to the Raiders and Steelers, who if they lose an extra game or two will probably miss out on a wild card. Maybe Tennessee steps back a game or two, but... Even if that happens to the Titans, I still think they're division champs in the South. And if they don't get home field advantage throughout the playoffs, so what? It didn't help them last year anyway. I think you can go over for Tennessee at minus 110 with their win total coming in at exactly nine. No hook there on that one. Very similar analysis for the Packers. Barnwell wrote, over the past three years, Green Bay has won 39 games. The Pythagorean model we use would have expected them to win 31 Since 1989, no other team is really all that close to an eight-win gap between expectation and reality. Okay, all the fancy math is great, but like Tennessee, will the Packers really regress enough that it matters in the NFC North standings? Again, I don't think so. And frankly, neither did Barnwell, because he said they may win 11 games. Similar to the Titans, the Pack is still the best team in that rotten division. I think they'll win it again. The Packers' number is tough. They aren't offering it 10 or 10 and a half. Just minus 110 on both sides of 11 at Bet Rivers. I'd pick 11 wins for Green Bay. It's probably smart to go under. If you stay on the number, it's a push. If not, you have more wiggle room. If you have faith in them, but no faith in the division, over 12.5 is a huge payout at plus 240. That'd be a home run if they do get to 13 wins again. If they don't, though, and you want to go under, it'll cost you to make the bet at minus 315. And finally, Atlanta, they were a seven-win team last year, and they probably didn't even deserve that. But man alive, I hate the lines on them here. Under four and a half only pays out at plus 110. That seems off to me. Over four and a half is minus 134. That's not too expensive to me. So I guess I'll go over four and a half. If you want to go five and a half, not a bad payout at plus 160. 
Okay, uh, when we come back, speaking of over-unders, we'll answer the question on the Lions total. With Matt Derry from the Locked on Lions podcast, he joins me next here in the Pittsburgh CityCast. We also talk about the Lions strategy coming into the preseason finale against the Steelers at Akershire Stadium on Sunday. You can listen to me on the pregame show starting at 1230. That's when I'll be on DVE. But Matt Derry gives us a look at the Lions next here in the Pittsburgh CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams. Or back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, back to the Pittsburgh City Cast. Matt Derry from Locked On Lions. He's also part of the Pistons Pod. You can hear him on Cleveland Radio too, as well as Detroit outlets. He's on 92.3 FM in Cleveland. I've joined him there before, talking AFC North football. An old colleague of mine from Syracuse Radio Days. Uh, Matt and I have been friends for going on 25 years now at this point. Uh, always a good guy to talk to. And we dove into Lions and Steelers. Not so much the X's and O's of the game, but more along the lines of where the Lions are in the rebuilding process, how many first-teamers they will play in this game against the Steelers. Um, Jared Goff, he will not play. What are we going to see from the backup quarterbacks? If you've got a gambling interest in the preseason game on the over, under, or on the point total. Uh, also, we get into the target number, the over, under for the Lions as well. So here's Matt Derry on all that and more here in the Pittsburgh CityCast. Uh, always a pleasure talking to you. A big game Sunday. I love this 4.30 start time. A little Greg Gumble action on CBS. This ought to be electrifying. Yes, that's the word that leaps to mind for me as well, uh, as have been the other two games, of course. Well, actually, the first preseason game at Akershire was fun because of the whole Kenny Pickett introduction. The Pick kid plays in the same stadium where he played in college, uh, leads a comeback, leads a touchdown drive with three seconds at the end. For a preseason game, that was kind of fun to watch. The Jacksonville game stunk, but with the quarterback backdrop and drama, it's been fun here. It, it's yeah. been a more interesting preseason than normal. Has that been the case with Detroit, too? I know there's a little bit more optimism this year. The hard knocks thing, has that injected any life into the preseason for Lions fans? Oh, yeah. No, Tim, this is not a normal preseason at all. Uh, expectations have been raised. The bar has been raised. The excitement level is as is, is high as I can ever remember. And I moved here in 1996. And that was Barry Sanders was still playing and Herman Moore and Scott Mitchell and stuff. So this is through the roof, man. People are into the Lions. They're excited. Dan Campbell has become a, a movie star with, with his appearances here on Hard Knocks and just how genuine he is. The fans are behind him. The team is behind him. Question is, how realistic in year two of a rebuild is it for them to make a push for one of those wild card spots? They're not going to overtake green bay in the division timmy but they they feel like they're good and they're going to surprise some people and with a soft schedule and a buy-in with the team and a physical nature of how they play they can stay healthy they can double their win total from three to six from last year and they hope uh, add a couple to it too 
if it is three to six to last year, from last year rather, does that pay off the optimism? Like, will Lions fans walk away this year and say, hey, double the win total, that's great. Or will they still walk away more frustrated and not quite realize what only six wins means? I think it depends on, on the optics. Let's say they're in week 17 and they're at six wins and they're playing Green Bay and Jared Goff throws four picks. Then all anybody's going to talk about is how they have to replace the quarterback. They've got to draft. They got to move up in the draft. They got to go get Stroud. They got to go get Bryce, something like that. It just depends on the optics of the whole thing. I, they believe that they've added a lot of talent over the last couple of years under, under now second year GM Brad Holmes. Um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is a guy they're building around both on a billboard and on the, on the field. I still think they're a little bit thin at linebacker and in the secondary and uh, on the interior of the defensive line. And that's why I'm intrigued by this game because, you know, Pittsburgh has always been a physical run the football type of team. And I think it's a good matchup for them to see where they stand. But I, I think six, seven wins, the fans would be okay with, but again, because of this hard knocks thing and everybody's watching and everybody's talking about this team and the other teams in town here, Tim are terrible. Uh, Pistons are okay, but the Red Wings and Tigers are so bad. And the Tigers have been such a disappointment that fans are looking to the lions. What does that say? Right. For optimism. Isn't that crazy? That's like saying we're looking towards the pirates here in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Right. Right. It's crazy. Well, absolutely crazy. To the points that you touched on there, because I I think you alluded to this on a couple of occasions, you know, Dan Campbell is a movie star there. I think is what you said. And you know, the hard knocks element, how much of the optimism is rooted in, raw raw internet twitter buzz and how much is it really about football at this stage well i think a lot of it is 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 twitter buzz and certainly the mo- the, the hard knock show 54 minutes every tuesday night and and the campbell press conferences and the assistant coaches who are stars on this show like do staley and aaron glenn and they do like their staff and you know what those guys did do a nice job last year with a lousy roster and at least making them competitive you remember the tie game certainly in, at your place uh, the game they nearly won in Cleveland, the game they nearly won against the Ravens, the game they nearly won against Minnesota. So they have some things on paper that that they can build upon. But you're right. On the field, how good can they be? Can Jared Goff go back to being the Goff from the Rams days when they were in the Super Bowl? Because he's not horrible, per se, but he had some horrible moments last year. The running back room is really deep with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. The receivers actually... You actually have some positive vibes about Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, DJ Chark. And when they get him healthy, Jamison Williams is a stud that fans can't wait to see. The problem is he might not play until Thanksgiving. TJ Hawkinson is a Pro Bowl tight end. The offensive line is really good with two Pro Bowlers and Jonah Jackson and Frank Ragnow. So you go, all right, that's not bad. So, yes, that is that's the part on paper and in the discussion about football that you're excited about. Question is on defense, can they get to the quarterback? And what about that back seven? It's amazing to me that you just talked about Deuce Staley being a media star. I mean, like, I, I don't know how that would wash with anybody who covered him in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's it's fascinating to hear it from that standpoint. <laughs> well, if you watch the show, you've seen how vocal he is. Uh, on, on Tuesday night's hard knocks, he loses his voice in the second practice day against the Colts at the joint practices. And yet he's still screaming at the guys with basically laryngitis. Um, I think he's going to be a head coach in the league. I just don't know if general managers are watching the show going, man, look at Deuce Staley and how good he is. Or if they're saying, geez, this is a little bit mugging for the cameras. I yes. don't, I don't know. Deuce but, but good at that. 
Yeah, but I do think that the running back room is strong. The guys listen to him. He is the assistant head coach. As they showed last night on the Tuesday show that Dan Campbell does does lean on Deuce Daly for, you know, assistant head coaching duties. And, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And game planning. So, um, again, we've been fooled before in this town by optimism. Uh, Jim Caldwell's last year, but he said, oh, this defense is so good and everything else. And, and then they, they, they wept, the, they, you know, stained the sheets. So, but this time it's a little bit of a different feel because Dan Campbell is so Detroit and how he talks and the, and he's got the dip in his mouth and the players love him. And he's talking about physicality and every other words, an F bomb fans are into it. Question is, can he coach? Can he on fourth and three dial up a go for it call that works and, and uh, you know, and, and not kick a field goal and go for a touchdown. And will that work? And, Things like that. He's got to prove he can do that. Well, we like Dan Campbell here because he's giving us more information about the Steelers than Tomlin ever does. So you know, like, when, <laughs> That's when, right. When he revealed that he talked to Tomlin and Tomlin said the starters will play about a half, we just ran with that and said, oh, thanks, Coach. That's that's more than what we usually get here. Uh, what about who's going to play for the Lions? I know Goff isn't going to play. What about Hutchinson? Yeah, so Goff is not going to play. And, and Campbell, you know, the first preseason, I don't think he wanted, I don't think Dan Campbell wanted Jared Goff to do anything this offseason except go up against the Colts in the joint practices. He didn't want him playing in the game. And he didn't want him playing in the opener against Atlanta two Fridays ago, but Goff's heard, found out that the Tyro line was playing, the starters, and he begged Campbell to let him play one series, and, and Dan did. Uh, Campbell said uh, the other day that Goff likely would come to him again with the same scenario, and he said, no, he is not playing against Pittsburgh. My guess is, they started David Blau last week. They'll start Tim Boyle this week. That's the hot. You got the hot quarterback stuff going on in Pittsburgh. Well, here it's all about the backups and uh, backup quarterback. And no one knows if it's going to be Boyle or Blau. I think Boyle will start. I'm not a fan of either guy. I think they're fine, but I don't think they're really good. Well, well part of the and, quarterback uh, drama, Matt, was is Mason Rudolph going to go to Detroit? Yeah, there was there was that discussion. I don't, you know. Did that come from anywhere in Detroit? You know, that, that was a report that came from uh, Andrew Filipponi on 93.7, the fan that a general manager had an ex general manager had told him that, right. Was there, no, there any was... credence in Detroit to any of that? Did you have, uh, any sort of input from anybody there that said, yeah, there's something to this? No, no, actually. And, and to be quite honest, Dan Campbell, like you said, is so transparent. I don't, I don't remember if he was asked about it, but I, I think Dan likes both of these guys, especially I think he likes the toughness that Boyle brings. I think he loves Blau as a person and he's rooting for him and, I think Blau's gotten better, but I don't think that that's something they're going to address right now. I don't, I don't see them trading for Mason Rudolph because he put his head down on, on a running play last year against Detroit. I'm not, I'm not buying that. I, I think that they're doing their due diligence, and I don't think they're doing jumping jacks about their backup, but um, I don't think that's a possibility. And to go back to your previous question, I think Aiden Hutchinson's going to play. I think everybody's going to play. I'm not sure how much. Hutchinson or Ragnow or some of those really valuable guys that they can't afford to lose are going to play a lot, but you'll see some of the starters and uh, for the, for, like you said, the half. And I think it, the kid, Malcolm Rodriguez, the linebacker, who's kind of been a hard knock star is going to play a lot. And he's been sort of the, the hotness of the, of the uh, summer here in Detroit. If Hutchinson plays more than two series, it might be Mason Rudolph starting here because he might plant both Trubisky and Pickett into the turf based on the way the Steelers offensive line has been performing. <laughs> well look the lions the lions d line is definitely at least on the edge better when they're healthy the problem is romeo quar is out four weeks josh pascal's out four weeks he was their second round pick and basically it's austin bryant charles harris 
Aiden Hutchinson, and that's it. I mean, they don't they don't have a ton of depth there until they get Romeo and and Pas and Pascal back. But um, that's good to know about the, the Steelers' O line. The Lions' D line did a nice job on the second day against the Colts, and then a little bit on Saturday. Austin Bryant, number two, has had a really good preseason in terms of getting to the quarterback, and uh, he, he's ma- he's making the team. I don't think there's any question about it. So I'm looking at Bet Rivers right now, and uh, I'm trying to find the over under on the Lions. What what have you seen as the most consistent win total for them? Is it around? Is it seven or six and a half somewhere there? Yep, six and a half. Yep, six and a half, and it, it stayed steady. It was six, you know, back right when the season ended, and they did the 2022, you know, over unders. I I think everybody's banging the over, Tim. I think they're all going oh over over over. But again, like we've mentioned before. This organization has teased us before with it, with with high, with expectations, and all of a sudden it's well they look good, they played hard for Campbell, they were physical, but a missed field goal or an offsides penalty or something keeps them away from winning. But Campbell has made it a point to tell the guys we have got to change the narrative of our, about ourselves. He put in the back of the meeting room the big signs that say last playoff win, which was 1991. Um, uh, last division title, which was 1993. I and mean, he's putting all that right front and center for the guys to see, and they want to change that. I noticed – would you go over, by the way? Would you take the over on that? I would. I mean, I, I say it's about seven, but I also could see six. That's. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sort of dancing on the fence here, but, yeah, I mean, if, if someone put a gun to my head, I would, I would go over. It looks sure, like most I of the think... money is going towards the over because the over is at yeah. minus 134 and the under is at plus 110 for six and a half. But remember, Timmy, last year they had a horrible team and they had to play the NFC West and the AFC North. And those, to me, were the two best divisions in football. Now, AFC East, they can see the Dolphins, who are beatable, the Jets. I don't think New England's great. Um, and then they get the NFC East as well. So they're going to see the Giants and the, the the Commanders, who I think they can beat. I think they're going to have a hard time week one against Philly. The Eagles ran the football right at them last year. And I think they're going to do that again. But it's not like Philly's you know, Tampa or, or, uh, Ram, the Rams. So I, I could see with the schedule and playing Jacksonville and playing Carolina that, that teams could, or people would be betting on them eking out seven wins. Wow. I'm looking at it right now to make the playoffs for the lions. It's a payout of plus three forty five If they do it <laughs> for, the, for the Steelers, it's plus three Oh five. Like there's, that's not that much difference between these two teams based on, what people think is going to happen in the AFC and, and in the NFC where both these franchises are. Well, and I also think the NFC is so much weaker that I think yeah. the Steelers are obviously better than the Lions still. But, you know, in that division, like I said, Minnesota, who knows? Are they rebuilding? Is this rookie coach and rookie GM going to take a step back? But I know they got a healthy defense, and I think if Cousins is decent, they usually win. But the Bears are going to be terrible. That should be two wins for Detroit. It well, really yeah, that's should. that's one I was talking about on our gambling podcast for Bet Rivers on our, our Pittsburgh City Cast. That's one I was talking about where I looked at the order of finish, the direct order of finish that you can bet on. I'll bring it up right now. The Lions are plus money in every category, which is kind of interesting. But they're plus one sixty five at third. They're plus one forty five at fourth. Um, that might have shifted a little bit recently because what I saw with the Bears was they were minus money for fourth and they were plus money for third. So obviously most of the money coming in thinks Detroit's going to be at least better than Chicago. Yeah, no, I think, I, and I think that is the case. I think the Bears are a mess and 
you know, the whole Roquan Smith situation. And I just, I don't think they're going to be able to protect Justin Fields. You're asking a lot of a second year quarterback with another new system to have to uh, have some success. So I like, like what I'm seeing from Detroit. I still am not sold on the playoff team just yet. I want to see more from golf and Swift has to stay healthy. Um, he's been banged up the last couple of years and, and, and Okuda on the other side, those are two guys, Swift and Okuda. If they're healthy and playing well, that could vault this team into some, into some third wild card spot discussion, possibly. Well, that's the discussion the Steelers were in last year, and uh, <laughs> the discussion ended very quickly against Kansas City. I can tell you. That. Hey, at least they made. At least they made it though. <laughs> hey, Matt, people can find you where Locked On Lions, right? Where else? No, that's it. Locked On Lions. Uh, uh, check out our YouTube channel where the shows are video now. LockedOnLions.com, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, if you're an NBA fan, I do the Pistons Pod, which at Pistons.com each week, and. Um, so we're you know it's a, it's there's a bit of a buzz in town here, which is good about those two teams at least. Um, I stay away from the Illich teams, the Tigers and Red Wings. That's just <laughs> you know me, you know me being a Cleveland Guardians fan. My yeah. my sole focus my sole focus is winning the uh, the AL Central. So that's where we're at here, Tim. Yeah, our <laughs> sole focus baseball wise here is not losing 105. Uh, the the hodgepodge of nothingness, as Dennis Eckersley referred to it here in Pittsburgh, uh, yeah. Pirates. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't call O'Neill Cruz or Brian Reynolds nothingness. That's not fair. No, there's there's something there with uh, with those two. I mean, like today, uh, right before I, I called you up here, O'Neill Cruz with the hardest hit in the StatCast era, 126. That's how we measure success now, Matt. Is I how, saw it. How hard the singles are. That's our measure a for rock, success. A rocket off the wall in like a 14 nothing game. <laughs> Oh, man. One of these days, Tim, they're going to turn it around. One of these days. Yeah, I can't wait for the Guardians versus Pirates in the World Series. That'll be yes, beautiful. Let's do it. All let's right, Matt. It. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. All right, Tim. Thank you. All right, so my thanks to Matt Derry from Locked on Lions and NBA fans, Pistons pod as well, 92-3 in Cleveland, too, for Matt. Steelers, four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Lions. I like them, especially with Goff not playing and the two backups playing. Uh, the over-under at 39-and-a-half. Uh, I'll go Mason Rudolph cleaning up against the Lions third-teamers and not bouncing a ball this time, and I'll go over 39-and-a-half with the Steelers for the game coming up on Sunday at 4.30 on the North Shore. Mike Pursuta joins me tomorrow for our first full-on 45-minute NFL preview podcast. Not just the Steelers and Lions, not just the Steelers big picture, but the NFL top-to-bottom. And we'll talk about some college games as well. Backyard brawl coming up. Can't forget that. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. And I am Tim Benz. Thank you for listening. We are brought to you by BetRivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com.